show the show is all shared out this is the pre-show welcome everybody to the to the pre-show this is the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to do in the show how is it guys good i hope you guys brought something because it was a terrible terrible week of news it wasn't that bad actually well there was the dc fandom stuff yeah, a lot I of do trailers have, dropping i do have my favorite from dc fandom you guys can just mention your favorite but i have some images for my favorite because that's, that's me but segment one where we talk about what we did this week uh i had a lot going on this week it was really good news we got a quick hit on hickman uh the only thing comics that really i took from uh dc fandom was this thing called the milestone initiative we'll talk about that a little bit uh we'll talk about john kent because we didn't get to talk about it really yet uh, there's a great angle that we're taking so it don't really matter which will lead us right into other superman news that broke at DC Fandom. Uh, and then uh, there was a writer who left Marvel who was going to do The Wastelanders. We're going to talk about that guy. And since there wasn't a TV show episode to talk about, even though Adam doesn't give a shit anyway because he didn't watch any of the show, uh, there's a few new uh, DC books. They're mostly this, but... <laughs> well, of course. You know, I mean... Every time they announce new books, like some of them are going to be Batman books. Just you know, every time. Oh, every Always. fucking time, every fucking time. And he's mostly Batman books. Yeah. Uh, food news, of course. Moment of destruction. Some sad news, and then a couple of comics, uh, and then top three. Anything else you guys want to add to the news this week? Um, I did get Metroid Dread, and I started oh, playing how that. that. Oh, how was that? Let's yeah, talk about that, that right now, because uh, I haven't played it. I'm not very far into it, but I am enjoying it a lot so far. Um, I'm still in the a... stage where, like, I suck at everything because I don't have any goddamn power. So, like, every other room I walk into, oh, I have to leave, or it's instant death. Or, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I can't go through this door. Robot. Oh, that sounds frustrating yeah. as hell. But, um... That sounds frustrating. I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, that's Metroidvania. You got to get the power yeah, up so yes. that you can, like, go actually go to, like, everywhere on the map. Gotta, you got know? to get good. You do. Uh, I remember, yes, I do remember part of Metroid being like, oh, shit, I went all this damn way, and I can't go this way. I went the wrong way. That can be frustrating. Like, that's it feels frustrating like as I have fuck, to, dude. I went, like, a mile just to reach a dead end, and that can yeah. be frustrating, but... In a way that I appreciate, right? I appreciate right. it making me fight for every inch of progress that I'm making in this game so oh, that's far. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, anything else? Any, nothing else that? And well, we uh, we'll do fandom in segment one, and we just bring up anything we want to talk about fandom. How's that sound? Fine by me, man. Oh, great. Do you, do you even know what fandom is, Adam? Do you know? Yes, you know I do know what fandom okay, is. Sure they that did it heard. last year too, man. They did do it last <laughs> year. They did do it. All right, let's. Uh, I know somebody has gold boots now. All right. <laughs> I don't even watch that show, and I was like, "Oh shit, he getting new suit." All right, let's do the show. He always gets a new suit, though. That's part of the damn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't mean to fix this one. I don't think I've seen that one before. <laughs> yeah, it's just the comedian turning on the TV. Oh, yeah. oh, we saw it. Hold on. Welcome back to the comic book bullies with Nurse New Bully. We host Leroy, a.k.a. <laughs> That's I hate that one. That's comic book bullies, which I still, I have not listened to this last week's episode because I was so busy. 
welcome everybody to the show. Uh, greetings, geeks. I'm Gomer. It's Adam Normal Taylor. Yeah, well, I should just delete that intro because it just ruins the whole flow, you know, that the theme establishes. Uh, anyway, I am uh, segment one where we just talk about whatever we did this week. I spent the whole week moving, not moving, but getting ready to move. I am definitely moving. That's fun. Uh, probably to Camden, Tennessee, which is it's a bit of a haul. A couple hours from where yeah. I am, but that's just how it works nowadays. Yeah, they have the internet there. Oh yeah, I got. Then charter. it doesn't affect us one way or the other. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All digital. Yeah, it's charter. I don't know how good or bad charter is, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> it says one gig, but I'm like, eh, is it though? Is it? I guess you'll find out soon. Uh, not Cave City, even though I loved the idea of living in a place called Cave City, just because it's, it's not as great as you would imagine. It sounds like a like a place you go on Fallout. You know, it, it, it is very much City, like man, that. It does sound like a Fallout like setting, setting for sure. Accurate <laughs> description of Cave City. Uh, so yeah, let's let's do TC Fandom because we'll all talk about that, and then we'll, we'll talk about everything else I did this uh, week. The only thing I really want to talk about personally from dc fandom was the flash trailer which uh, i liked it a whole whole lot more than i wanted to uh black adam didn't really show that much the batman with pattinson it was basically exactly what i figured a batman yeah. movie would be batman and flash were trailers but yeah all black adam really was was a clip you know yeah like a tease not even it was even less than a clip it was like a three second uh music video it was fucking weird dude he it electrified the hell out of that dude though yeah it was yeah, weird. He did. uh but yeah batman showed up kind of the batmobile from 89 batman kind of showed and i was way more excited for this than i thought i was going to be and it was all because of this image right here there's two Barry Allens in this fucking image. Yeah, I'm that's like, a lot of fun. That's right? awesome. I was like, this is going to be rad, you know? We're going to be exploring multiverse shit. Yes. Uh, very, apparently very hard, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they are going all in. I mean, all, all in. in. It's for sure Flashpoint. This trailer did yeah. pretty much confirm that. But we, oh. we've, know, we've known that for a while, but now we, like, know it, know it. But, like... Yeah. I don't know. My instincts are still that if it's spent this long in the development hell, I should be worried about it. But this trailer did look like a lot of fun. Yeah, you know? dude. It looked like a lot of fun. I don't care what happened with the... I don't I don't know how any of that works with Hollywood. You know what I mean? I don't... I don't know. Development hell, maybe. But well, well, things at this like... Point, at this point with these DC movies, I don't really go to them you know, expecting the whole building a grand universe or anything. No, as long I, as the I movie think... itself is fun... No. Yeah, and good. That's true enough. I, I, I'm, I'm a, okay with that because Shazam was the good. MCU yeah, they've had a decent was, run of that lately. Um, yeah. Really starting with Wonder Woman and like Aquaman and Shazam, they've yeah. been making some Suicide significantly Squad better movies. Suicide Squad, awesome. Suicide Squad was the shit. That it is easily the best awesome, they've made so dude. far. Um, Wonder Woman 84 was kind of the, not necessarily bad, but like the only one they've made recently that was like, you know, forgettable. Yeah. But they also uh, talked up the the Blue Beetle, HBO Max thing. The, there's a Batgirl, HBO Max thing with what's her name from uh, In the Heights. Uh, so yeah, I mean, what did you? The Batman trailer. I, mean, it was exactly I actually did I like the Batman trailer. I didn't like, mind it, but that it, whole thing with him like like jumping off of like the bomb and looked like the Batmobile. That did look rad as hell. So you no, know, that's it pretty did, cool. of course, but. 
I mean, I'm not expecting anything more. I don't know. People expect so much from these fucking movies anymore, dude. And it's like, if it's not exactly what they expect. And I think my, the way, the reason that I'm able to enjoy all of these movies for what they are while still saying they're kind of shit is very low expectations. It okay. definitely helps going into a movie with low expectations. It, it as does bad help as that with that, yes. Oh, well, we were talking about Suicide Squad a second ago. They did also drop that uh, trailer for Peacemaker. And oh, that yeah. looks reasonably funny. Yeah, I mean... Oh, I didn't catch that one. It was. He gets hugged by a bald eagle. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, well, that, that does sound like something a Peacemaker would, would it, love. It's, it seems exactly like a James Gunn TV show sort yeah, of. Yeah, they're definitely so, trying to, like... Uh, jump in on that vibe that the movie had which hey the movie was good so if they can pull that off more power to them you know so we'll see what happens with all these dc things i mean i don't know man somehow comic adaptations get this weird like they're put on this weird pedestal like why the last man has been canceled right after one season and everyone's like oh my god they tried making that shit for like 10 years and it made one season i'm like well it's because it's not easy to adapt. I hadn't even heard about book. that. Well, yeah, it's not easy to adapt this shit. Everyone's like, "Oh, I want a saga TV show," and I'm like, "No, you. I don't think you do." Well, most, I don't think you do. Most comic book adaptations have the advantage that they're not actually adapting a story. They might be pulling elements from different, like you know, famous set pieces or you know, story arcs they've Tom's had in the past, but they're thing. adopting characters. Yeah, things like Watchmen or Why the Last Man, where they are adopting an actual like plot beats from an actual story. Those are the exception and not the rule. So yeah, they are kind of an uphill battle for things like that. Yeah. And I mean, Watchmen only worked the movie because it was literally a shot for shot remake. Oh, yeah, it was panel by panel until the fucking end when they fucked it all up. But if you go, if you look at most of the Marvel movies, you know, they take elements, they take ideas from the stories. They don't adapt them panel by panel. Yeah, like in the Civil War movie, we got that like really famous Civil War cover with, you know, Cap and Iron Man like clashing, you know, beam up against the shield. But the story itself has basically nothing to do with the comic book civil war and that's that's, a good thing i would say that's probably the way to do it if you want to read that fucking story or you want to consume that story i guess read the comic you know what i mean i do hear people bitch oh that's not this that's not this no i like have a legitimate beef about the spider if there is if there is like a secret invasion coming in the marvel universe mcu I want it to be completely different. There's from no way Bendis they could do that long form decade. No, long there's no way they could do that. that. Bendis did. There's n- and and pull well, it they off. Could, they could, you know, they could retcon some stuff. They could flashback like, and say, yeah. "Oh, at this time, that was actually a scroll." That's. I really hate when they do that type of thing, though. Like yeah, where they go back and like. Oh, there was actually a plan when there wasn't actually a plan. I hate people yeah. like retroactively assigning meaning to things that did yeah. not have meaning when they were originally put out, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. I feel like that's just making trouble for yourself if you try to do that. Like the new Spider-Man movies, right? I get it. They're okay. They're interesting. But Spider-Man has done no web slinging in those movies. Okay, just for example, in terms of telling a story that is anything like the Peter Parker story. Okay. There is no down on your luck, Peter. There is no, Oh, Oh yes. Peter. This is there is none of uh, that. In the, the MCU, Peter Parker is definitely a much 
different Peter Parker than the normal Much Marvel different. comics Peter. Yeah, he's all up on Tony Stark, and when he dies, and it doesn't really feel that great. Well, he's not really a street-level hero anymore. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, but he does no web-slinging either. He's at the top of the Washington Monument, scared out of his ass. And I'm like, man, this is a dude who's, like, jumping off the Empire State Building in everything else he's ever been in. They even what make that joke happening? in the first movie where he, like, ends up in the middle of, like, a field where there's, like, nothing to actually web-sling yeah, off of. Man, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, other stuff I did. Halloween Kills. I got Peacock. Oh, that's awesome. I, I've been meaning to check this How out. was that? Uh, it was fine. Is it I good mean, for a Halloween movie? Dude, I thought it was a fantastic Halloween movie. Okay, that's all I need. I don't need it to be an actually movie. good movie. I just need it to be a good Halloween movie. It's a lot of really creative and fun kills. You know, you really get those in there. Mike Myers is just kicking everybody's ass. It sort of has this overall theme of like societal fear, you know, because the whole town basically becomes like a monster hunting down Michael, sort of like in like Halloween four or whatever it was. Oh, it was that's a, cool. Yeah. And I guess it's trying to pay homage to it, but it doesn't really pull that off very well. But I, I thought it was fine, dude. I thought it was fine. Uh, I also watched the third season of the movies that made us. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, which were all great, but also RoboCop, Aliens, and Coming to America, which were just fantastic episodes. Really fucking fun. Were they going through a bunch of horror movies for October here? Or? Yeah, I guess that's why they added them at that point. I mean, I consider Aliens to be a horror movie, too. Absolutely. Alien. Well, Alien yeah. is a horror movie. I think Aliens, all that's the big All of them are. Well, Alien... It's an action horror movie. Yeah. yeah to, me, it's just a to me, Alien, right? The the first Alien movie is sort of like uh, a slasher movie where there's a monster, you know, monster Oh, it absolutely slasher, is. Yeah. You know? I mean... But Aliens is more of like a horde movie, sort of like a zombie sort of movie. You know what I mean? Because there's yeah. even the guy that betrays them for the monsters, you know, in that movie. And I think it's a wonderful twist to that but man they talk about those movies in just the best way with interviews and stuff it's it's a great series and they're all nerdy you know awesome movies uh last thing is i guess we got to get hype for dune that's coming on the 22nd yeah um this upcoming friday what that snuck up on me like like a sandworm i have pretty high expectations for this i mean everything i've seen everyone i've heard who's already seen it has had nothing but good things to say about it now i don't know the book very well so from that angle i don't know and i honestly don't care if it's a good adaptation but the i don't give a shit about that i've read the book so long ago dude i mean so long ago that there's way too many too many years between that but i'm stoked to see this i mean dune has always had this deeper meaning about indigenous people and underserved communities and uh capitalism and all this great all these great themes uh, of shit like that and i'm really hoping they pull those through uh i think no matter how good it is no matter how awesome we think it is everybody gonna miss the point and fucking hate it oh definitely know what i mean it's definitely not a fun sci-fi series dude exactly it does not Um, look fun but it does look good it's not it's not a very shooty shoot 'em up one i mean it does get there eventually it's got some really cool giant sandworms like you saw um but you're right 
this will probably be a lot slower than what a lot of people are expecting to be, especially with the director. Remember, this is the guy who directed that new Blade Runner movie. Where that, that was it's a good movie, hell. but that was a great slow movie. Shit. It's slow. It's slow. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, Mad Max Fury Road is slow. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, you know, it does slow down in places, but the places where it speeds up it's still, really it's makes yeah. up for it. I w- it I and that's what I'm sort of expecting slow. from Dune. I think they're going to put some shit in there, some extra. You know. I mean, based off of what we've seen in the trailers, it looks like there shall be plenty of spectacle. But I yeah. also do expect a lot of people just like intensely staring at each other, having conversations to kind of like dominate the runtime here. But yeah, uh, and the, I blame Marvel again. We'll blame Marvel movies for being so popular. And you can't have, you know, as soon as two characters have a touching moment after some dialogue, you know, like a helicopter is about to show up and, and blow the place up. I mean, in Black Widow, when they started singing Bye Bye Miss America Pie, I was like, oh, there's an action sequence coming any moment because this is boring as fuck. All right, moving on. Anything else? You guys do anything this week besides play video um, games? I did go see um, No Time to Die, and it was pretty oh, solid. That's well, good. Okay. Cool. Uh, I never did see Spectre, the previous one. So many callbacks they made to that. And I think that there were plenty that I see, okay, this must be referencing the previous movie. That was completely lost on me. Yeah. But oh. um, I still enjoyed it. It was a pretty good action scene. One of the okay. one of the characters um, who had some really cool fight scenes was actually the uh, lead from Knives Out, and I had to look that up after the fact because I did not recognize her like going around just kicking the shit out of people in this movie. Oh, the I don't want to spoil Knives Out, but the girl who done it. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh wow. Yeah, she's an awesome. What was her name? Like Arcadia really or something in that movie? She seems but... really young in Knives Out. Yeah, I think her. I think her name's like uh, Ana de Armas or something. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I'm. I'm. I'm not a fan. I get James Bond. I understand the appeal. It's, I'm just not a fan. Of That's James fair. Bond at all. I think uh, whatever. I, I mean, like watching Godzilla movies. If I is that okay, Adam? Yeah, that's totally fair. Like, I mean, if you're not a yeah. fan of Godzilla, I totally understand why yeah. you would think they're. I mean, totally I like watching Godzilla because movies, they kind of but, are, but yeah. I like them. Yeah, I like watching Godzilla movies just like I like watching James Bond. Like, speaking of movies that like there's way less action than you might think, Godzilla <laughs> movies are actually the perfect example of that. Honestly, Dude, oh yeah, yeah oh, man, that's people talking for two hours and then five minutes of monster fight. Okay, no Godzilla movie is two hours long. First <laughs> off, no one can talk that long. First off, they are all they are all shoestring budget so yeah. they are 90 minutes top. yeah 80 85 man minutes. that 2014 godzilla that had uh aaron that's taylor different. johnson in it that's that was different. like it felt like four hours i think it was yeah. at least like two though yeah that's hollywood yeah that's that's different uh but yeah i sort of see the james bond movies as, as the same thing as cultural touchstones as like you know moments in popular culture they're amazing but other than that they're adam would you do anything uh yeah, actually, I uh watched the first episode of that Aquaman King of Atlantis show. Oh, did on you? HBO Max. All right. Yeah. The animation is kind of like uh, uh. It's Adventure Time. Adventure Time. Yeah. Adventure it's Adventure Time. Time. Uh, you know, it's okay. It's Adventure Time. Uh, Aquaman. That's it, cool. It's not exactly. I mean, it's kind of a kids show, but you know, the jokes are a little bit more. Like they're a little bit more adult than you would well, expect. Well, my kids watch a SpongeBob. I know, and I know. It's it's like, oh, there like no way a kid's gonna the, understand uh, that fucking joke. I'm just listening to it from the next room. You it's know? actually a lot like SpongeBob with the humor. Yeah. It's very fast-paced. Nice. Uh, 
you know, it, what really surprised me is it kind of uh, followed the continuity of the Aquaman movie. It takes place right after Aquaman beat Ocean Master, oh, and he's what? now the king of Atlantis. That's awesome. And, like, in the very beginning, they're in the throne room, they crown Aquaman king of Atlantis, and Ocean Master comes in again, and he's like, I'm back, I'm here to challenge you. And Aquaman's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to fight you, that's dumb, I just beat you up. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well then we guess Ocean Master's the king now, since you gave up. And Aquaman's like, what? No, that's dumb. That's a that's a dumb system of governance. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's I'm cool. just trying to picture like an Adventure Time version of Jason Momoa right now. Is that about right? Or... It is about is he, right. Is he doing the the voice? No, I don't. I don't think okay, so. Yeah, I didn't think so. He, he think so. it was it was okay. Uh, the I will say so is this though, sort of like yeah. a fish out of water sort of thing because he's from. A little bit, a little okay. bit. Um, he's is trying to earn the respect of the of the. I nation. mean, I was about to it's say like, it's kind of the opposite of a fish out of water. It's yeah, a human it's in the water, but it's a human right? In but the but water. pretty much every time they, every chance they get, they they point out that he is an outsider. So, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will sense. say though that the the episode lengths it, it, it is like forty five minutes long, which is a little long for uh. Adventure time. That is kind of a weird middle ground because, like, I can get I see a lot of TV shows that are an hour, and I see a lot of TV shows that are 30 minutes, but not too many that are 45 minutes, especially animated. Yeah, uh, and I kind of I kind of lost interest about the 30 minute way through a little bit. 23, I think. I mean, they make it that runtime for a reason most of the time, exactly. I think 22 minutes of actual showtime is the average for the 30 minute, you know, show. Well, when it's broadcast, Comedy. sure, but when it's streaming, it usually is like actually. Oh yeah, I guess yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool, man. We all had such a busy week. Let's do the news. Uh, first little quick hit. Bleeding Cool is reporting this. Uh, he, Hickman's got a new Substack thing. Everybody knows about this, right? He did a live stream over the weekend and. Uh, I guess it was said, take this with a grain of salt, that while he might be done with X-Men, he is currently working on a Marvel book with nonstop Spider-Man artist Chris Bocciolo. Now, if you'll remember, that book was plagued with delays, and it was because of an actual plague. I mean, we didn't know this, I guess. we Remember, we were whining, damn, fucking nonstop Spider-Man needs to come out. We did Bocciolo, whine about it, yeah. Bocciolo was dealing with a terrible case of COVID. Oh, no. Yeah. I had Man, we're such it. assholes. Wow. I feel yeah, like an dicks. asshole. I feel like a complete douchebag. Um, we're so we used to artists not way. having an excuse for long ass delays <laughs> yeah, that it kind of right. takes me off guard when they actually do a pretty good reason. Right. right. Gomer, you should always feel like a douchebag. No, I do. Just I do. But in this case, it feels legit. Usually I'm like, nah, that's the side. Oh, it's always legit. I mean, uh, you are just the worst person. But yeah, so, uh, Take that with a grain of salt, but color me excited. What else could he even do? Is he going to do a Spider-Man well, book? I have to guess it's not X-Men related because, no. you know, he's... I don't know. I've got to figure that's a clean break that he's making there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, made. but... I don't... Everything he does is always connected to something okay. he's done before, so I don't know. Eh, maybe he can mix it up and just do like a little mini series. Yeah, not everyone's Let's doing do the Tinian approach and making just like a scorched earth, burned bridges um, exit from the company. A lot of these right. guys who are doing Substack stuff are still working for the big two. Oh, for sure. Uh, so. Most of them. Most of yeah. them. 
I mean, Ahmed's doing his own Substack. He's on the Spider-Man book. Uh, so's Kelly Thompson. She's got her own thing going on. So, yeah, man. And Tiny can always go back. Yeah. They'll always take it. He might not get Batman back, but they'll always let him come back, you know, and do something. It's James Tiny in the fourth. He's got big nuts. Uh, anyway, Milestone Initiative. This is the only thing really from Fandome that was comic. Man, what the hell is it? Comic-oriented that I thought was worth talking about. Even though it's not, you know, all for comics, they are, you know, diving into other things. But Warner Media will, through its DC Comics unit, launch the Milestone Initiative, a bid to identify new writers and artists with diverse background in the comic book industry. The effort that is, is not- a noble ambition. I hope I that, that works out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk about it here in a little while, but there was a big change to Superman announced as well. And again, this is not. I don't want to say this, all right, because all companies make moves to make money, all right? There's not a move that a company makes that doesn't make money. Even if that is a goodwill gesture towards, you know, an underserved or whatever, they're doing this because they know they can sell more books, all right? That's true, but it is a good indication of where the winds are blowing, at least, right? That they think that the thing is that's going to make them money is to be more inclusive, and that is a good thing. And, you know, they can be doing this as like a ploy to try to like garner more readership, garner more money and still produce some worthwhile, good content. That's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. Those don't have to be mutually exclusive, you know? Exactly. They're selling shit all over the planet. You know, they ain't just selling to Americans, white men. Uh, But here's another part. Uh, Ally Financial will support the program with advertising and sponsorships. So whatever. Now you ruined it. Now you ruined it, DC. There is a worrisome amount of like corporation like (laughs) intertwining here going on. But I mean, I still think that this could end up being a cool thing, right? I mean, in addition, like it's true that it would be cool to see more like, you know, diverse characters on the page, but equally, if not more important is getting more diverse backgrounds in the writing room, you know, and this looks like it could be a good shot in the arm for that. Trend. That is awesome. Uh, the quote, superhero in comic culture is massive and has a broad reach. So I think we are going to get a really big universe of people that will really be into this as Andrea Bimmer, Allies Chief Marketing and Public Relations Officer, who I'm sure knows so much about comics. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but on that same tip, really, uh, John Kent has been announced. It was on coming out day, which was Monday last week. So we didn't get to talk about it on the Sunday night show. So it's old news by now. Uh, but this made really big news. Uh, Superman for like five minutes. Dean Kane made a Fox News appearance. So you know the people who don't know shit were really mad Dean about Kane. this. Man, thing. Dean Kane, I hadn't heard of for like twenty five fucking years. He's the and now, now every time like they want to bitch about something happening in comics, he, yeah. yeah, it's the guy they get on <laughs> call He's here. He's the go to comic book guy somehow because he was Superman for five minutes. Uh, but most people griping refuse to accept any context. Uh, and the vast majority of them haven't read a comic since the Clinton administration, you know, from from what I've been, been able to see. And that's yeah. fine, which leads us to the real reason we are covering this news, and that is Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis uh, on Twitter. You would not believe the amount of congratulations I have received for the new Superman news. Some from <laughs> people in the business. Some from people I know. Someone asked me how I got Marvel to let me do it. 
<laughs> Man, I love that part the best. <laughs> I know. All right, Superman <laughs> has always evolved to fit the times, right? That, and that's just basic creativity. You know, if you're selling a book in the modern day, which you are, you're selling it in the present, your characters need to reflect your audience. Uh, and that's basically what this is kind of doing. Uh, but this modern era, right, is very complex. Diversity is important. Inclusion is important. But retaining a legacy is also wildly important because you're selling these characters not just in comics but in, in all sorts of different different places. So this is why they create legacy characters like John Yeah, King, I mean like this Miles does Morales. give them a wide berth, you know, to do things that – are more modern interpretations of these, you know, legacies that they're taking on, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a way for the character to naturally evolve over time. Just look at the Flash with Wally West. I dude, mean, dude, there's like five natu- fucking Flashes. All right, I know. There's like eight Spider-Mans. There's half a dozen fucking Robins around. Fucking Green Lantern. That's literally Green Lantern's entire stick. Is that yeah. there's a million of them? Green Lantern's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of these older characters, they are kind of tied in with their own continuity at this point where yeah they are like white dude straight white dudes right because that's all that's the only type of character they would ever write for a million years and so they are kind of handcuffed to this writing of the past and now yeah with these new characters you have the chance to do these new things and that's a good thing um the tweet from bendis there actually reminded me of something um i saw where um a uh, lawmaker in arizona actually tweeted out something about how like Everyone knows that Superman's real love is Lewis Lane. Yeah, and like they, they spelled Lewis instead of Lois. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But like, uh, you know, so like, A, that's this character's mom. Uh, well, B, it's off, Lois, not off, Lewis. Though, but, but also, if that is the Superman that you love, the last issue of action, he banged the shit out of Lois Lane. So don't worry. That's alive yeah, he's and well. He's straight. Uh, but how many different Kryptonians are there? Or at least Superman people? And they pissed off about this one, man. They telling on themselves. Dude, literally right now, there's like a dozen Captains America running around in a book. Well, right? they're pissed about that, too, to be perfectly yeah. fair, I guess. Comics but... are cool. You can do all the things. Here's another one from Bendis. Just a reminder. Yeah, they pulled Dean Cain out for that one, too, remember? Yeah. They did. Dean Cain is... He didn't ever even play fucking Captain America, but he is like... <laughs> yeah. He is there. We're pissed about something woke in the comics going yeah. on, so let's get Dean Cain on the goddamn line. Exactly. So here's another from Bendis. Just a reminder to Tom and John and the entire creative team from uh, Son of Kal-El. Ten years ago, almost to the day, dummies like Glenn Beck opened their dummy holes about Miles Morales' debut. So, again, nothing has really changed, you know? I mean, true. I mean, it's the outrage machine, right? They're just looking for something to be pissed about. This does not affect them one way or the other. And, like, yeah, anyone who's – we talked about this a bit on Monday, but anyone who's actually been reading this book – this is woke Superman. That is, it is. that's how it's firmly who this is. I mean, it has been he's this whole saving run. immigrants and walking arm in arm with protesters. This is literally woke Superman. That ship has sailed, and if you were actually reading this book, you would have definitely known that by now. And if this isn't your Superman, there are like five other Superman books, three or four other whatever. There are other Superman books. Okay. Yeah, it costs you nothing at all for this to be a character that exists. If you don't yeah. want to read it, don't. Just don't, you know, and you don't have to bitch about it, fuckers. Yeah. Uh, so Taylor, 
Tom Taylor, the writer of The Son of Kal-El, replied, ah, thanks. Uh, and you deserve some love, too. Also, similarly, I've heard from people who are so outraged about Superman, they say they'll never buy a Marvel comic again, which, again, is just so reflective of... Oh, that's amazing. ...of who is bitching, you know? Who is bitching? Who is mad, right? Um, adding and evolving new characters while carrying on the legacy of older ones. This is exactly what comics have done and have always fucking done. Since Captain America rejoined the Avengers, you know, came out of the ice and joined the Avengers. That's the thing. But this now, with that spinning into other news, Superman, now they got a reason to be pissed. <laughs> now, if you want to be pissed, I can understand you want to be pissed about this. But I will explain it in a way that will make everybody happy. So Superman, Truth, Justice, and the American Way is gone. Uh, announced at uh, Fandome. Truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Here's the quote. To better reflect the storylines that we are telling across DC and to honor Superman's incredible legacy over 80 years of building a better world, Superman's motto is evolving. Jim Lee, the head honcho at DC Comics, said, Superman has long been a symbol of hope who inspires people, and it is that optimism and hope that powers him forward with this new mission statement, Truth, Justice, and a better tomorrow. Now, a lot of people will believe that this is unpatriotic, but really, because DC Comics is selling books all around the globe, those people are assholes. They are branching out so they can sell more comics. They aren't limiting themselves to one country and one, you know, little hole in the, in the wall in America. I so mean, really, yeah, for this, sure. I'm this is a the, pro-capitalism. Yeah, I was about to say this is capitalism at work. They want and to sell the books in other countries. American you know? thing ever. But Adam's right. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah. the people who are bitching about this weren't reading the damn books anyway, and yeah, it's man. all bad faith bullshit. Yeah. I mean, and I get it. I mean, why limit yourself to just America in the capitalists, you know? And that's not even taking any stance politically. Because if you wanted to take a stance politically, you definitely could. And it wouldn't make sense for a guy who's supposed to be a superhero to defend a country that, you know, has been at war since the time it started, you know? And that's also, I mean, I'm just saying. Do you want, are you trying to say then that like the American way is not making a better tomorrow? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, is that what DC is saying? Maybe. He's subtly oh, implying so that. Maybe it is very political. You know, because I've knows. heard people bring that up, too. You know, if you're changing it from one thing to another, the new thing has to be better and therefore different. I think it's the same thing, only all inclusive, you know, all inclusive. <laughs> Superman's a commie. No, they already wrote that book, too. OK, Superman Red Sun. They yeah, one of the more famous book. Elseworlds book, yeah. actually. But... <laughs> Uh, our last bit of news before we just do a little bit of comic book uh, looky looks. Uh, Stephen S. Knight exits Marvel. Now you're saying who is that? No, that's that's not him. That's yeah, that's Old Man Logan. So Netflix's Daredevil season one showrunner. He was the writer and director of Pacific Rim Uprising and Jupiter's Legacy, which also only lasted one season, by the way. Uh, Knight had also uh, writing since at Marvel on King Size Conan and Black, White, and Blood uh, Wolverine. He was also recently announced as a writer on some of the upcoming Wastelander stuff where we explore the old man Logan universe, whatever. So he quit. Why? The Knight finally learned about Marvel's editor. Finally. You know, this has been out for years. But Stevie Sabolsky, uh, 
pretending to be Japanese to make more money in the industry. At one time, yeah, that was what like five years ago. That was forever ago, yes, was forever ago. So CB Sabolsky, who is the editor in chief at Marvel, he once wrote under the pseudonym Akira Yoshida, a fictional Japanese man, in order to pen Marvel comics while also working as an assistant editor at the publisher. A practice that, at least at the time, was prohibited. Now, I love how where I'm taking all this news doesn't even mention the fact that he's sort of co-opting an entire, you know, culture Race. and shit like yeah. that. However, he pretended to be Japanese, yes, to help his career, which is kind of shitty. But it's really only shitty to people who aren't Japanese. Japanese people, from it's my understanding, from what I have read, actually think that's kind of honorable and respectful when people... You know, I mean, it is true that, like, you know, there's going to be individuals from any culture who are going to react way differently. But it does seem like, writ large, it is true that Japanese people are not offended by you, like, co-opting doing, like, culture. a jap like, like, yeah, like, putting on, like, geisha makeup or, like, enjoying a Japanese T-set or, like, you know, things like that. Or pretending to be y <laughs> Yoshida, Akira Yoshida. Uh, anyway, they yeah. seem to be pretty lukewarm on <laughs> yeah. the outrage for cultural appropriation. In so while many Japanese people may actually be OK with this, I don't know how to feel about it. I don't give a shit, really. You know, I mean, honestly, we don't have skin in the game one way or the other. Yeah. So the I, don't, you know, I don't think it's great. The knight disagrees with everybody because he quit <laughs> over this. He's pissed. Since it's such an old thing, I wonder I if it like he's just this is like a pretense for something else. I honestly I have no if, idea. Like, someone on Twitter is just like, oh, guess what? You know, the guy you work for, he did this one time. It like, sounds kind of like that whole James Gunn thing from like a few years ago, yeah, or like he got man. fired for something he already publicly apologized for when they hired him in the first place. But yeah, I don't know. Michelle, I honestly don't know. I from what I have read. There's like this thing, but they might be full of shit too. You know, whoever I'm reading, I don't know. I'm not Japanese. I just think this whole story is so fucking stupid and weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he quit. That's cool. That's his his deal. He's allowed to do that. He said, I had no idea. I love writing for Marvel Comics, but this changes the equation drastically. There are so many great editors there to allow a man who climbed to the top through cultural identity theft. I don't know that that run is how he got his position. Exactly. I think it's kind of weird. I think it's kind of weird. Now, I'm not saying it was a great thing. It was a terrible thing to do. Like, I've I'm never heard like, of a single book he wrote under the pseudonym yeah. Akira. Like, I forget. But, right. like, I don't think that's the thing that made his career. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so either. But I mean, it's still a really <laughs> shitty thing to do. But then I'm like, well, but then I read that the Japanese people think it's a great thing to do. So I'm like, oh, man, is did he do a good thing or a bad thing? And I'm like, oh, or should, you know, now should I be mad at, at Chris tonight? Or Steven tonight? I don't even know the dude's name. Steven S. tonight. Should I be mad at him? You know, I I, I, I largely, like, oh, yeah, man, I largely just don't care. That's the and funny overall, part about all this shit, man. It's just so funny to me. I mean, I'm not qualified to know if I should I'm be not qualified to know not. any of this. I'm not qualified to know any of this. Anyway, we have no idea how this will impact any of his books, which is really the only thing I give a shit about uh, is his Wastelanders books. I probably wasn't going to read those anyway. I'm not going to read those. Uh, DC not. put out some solicits. Uh, Batman, The Knight, number one, Chip Zdarsky, uh, Carmine D. Jimendeko, Jimendeko, Carmine D. 
Oh, I he was can. on that Flash for a while, man. He was yeah. amazing on Flash. That's that's I quit reading it when he jumped. Uh, but it's the origin of Batman and his never-ending right. fight against crime in Gotham City. Uh, but what of the story in between? How did angry, damaged young man grow into the most accomplished detective and crime fighter the world has ever known? How did the Dark Knight begin? This sounds a lot like year one. And it sounds like Imposter, too. That book came out this week. Uh, it's great art, but... I don't know if I'm going to get this. Yeah, this sounds this. like well, well-tread territory. I mean, I like Chip Zdarsky, but too. like... He keeps doing these weird... Outside. Last ride. What the fuck is yeah. last ride? Stupid man. This is not great. Put him on a real book. Put him on an I mean, ongoing book. Yeah. Get I mean, hell, book. make him the ongoing Batman writer. You guys need someone right now. You're right? doing Daredevil. No. It's kind of the same book in it, basically. Not really. Uh anyway, that book comes out January 18th. 40 pages, five bucks. There's also a six dollar cardstock variant. Dude, Next five up, bucks. I'm totally not getting it. I'm totally Ooh. not getting it. Uh yeah, similar to year one. Yeah, exactly. Year exactly. one. Year zero one, year zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's so many Batman origins anymore. And I guess that's okay, but whatever. Uh, Bendis is doing Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1,000 years in the future, a Legion of Superheroes comes together to dedicate their lives to recapturing the great aged heroes of the 21st century. When the heroes discover that reality is falling to a great darkness in both times simultaneously, the Justice League and the Legion of Superheroes must team up to stop it all. But what is the connection between the secrets of the new Gold Lanterns and the coming of the Great Darkness? A monumental DC epic event miniseries. Uh, it's Bendis, yes. Well, I stopped reading Legion forever ago. I gave that and, one issue. Oh yeah, I gave it one issue. It as was well. terrible. I gave it. it I gave bad. it like four or five, and it did oh, not get any better. Um, so yeah, God, God, it, we're teaming up. Bendis is like okay. Yeah, so like not, we're teaming I'm not up. Really expecting much from this crossover between Bendis's book that I begrudgingly read, mostly for the Justice League Dark backup, <laughs> with the other team that I gave up on immediately. Right. So yeah, it's hard for me to muster up much excitement. For right. This. Uh, Scott Godlewski is doing the art, though. I'm like, you know, it might look great, but I don't care. I'm a big Scotty God fan. I love that guy. It's six issue miniseries, thirty two pages, four bucks, five dollar cardstock cover. Hit shelves January eleventh. Uh, oh, Travis gosh. Moore is doing the uh, variant for that. Uh, yeah, actually, I guess he'll hopefully he'll average out like his mediocre Justice League with his pretty bad Legion, yeah. and we'll get like a pretty meh book, I guess. Uh, uh, Batman the Knight, Greg Coppolo, and Jonathan uh, Clampione are doing a variant for that. So that's the original Snyder run art team mm-hmm. coming back for a variant cover. Uh, next up, Superman and Robin special. These two guys coming into their own. Uh, Peter J. Tomasi, Victor Bogdanovich, favorite. Oh, here. that's cool. Love that guy. Jorge Jimenez yeah. as a variant, and there's also a one in twenty-five Rafa Sarmento variant. I can't wait to see that. Uh, I don't think it's this one. I think this is the Jorge Jimenez variant. Yeah, it doesn't say it right down here, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, but anyway, that's the Bogdanovich variant. It's got to be. It seems like a cool idea, but I this cover especially is like reminding me of like the age gap between these characters that now exist, and I do I not like care it. for that. Well, they have kind of aged Damien up a little bit, yeah, but there is still a, there is still a ga- a very large gap. Between I don't these think characters. that matters, dude. Damien's always it been old, weird. you know, older. 
Well, I just enjoyed it back in the, the I guess it was like, I guess three or four years ago now, back when like wow. they were both like 10 year olds. And I, you know, I, I like that, like, I did too. like dynamic they had. It long enough. Damn, uh, yeah. uh, I, I don't need to read that, but whatever for that. Uh, finally, uh, I wouldn't talk about this book uh, besides the creative team. Peacemaker, Disturbing the Peace, number one. Sounds ridiculous. Sounds like a cash grab. However, Garth Ennis is writing it gary brown i know doing the art it's absolutely a cash grab but hey it could be a good cash oh, grab we don't know fantastic january 25th it's only a one shot it is prestige seven bucks 40 pages breakout Ooh. character from the suicide squad gets his own tale of peace ahead of hbo uh max tv show good enough for me to get the prestige long before joining the squad christopher smith codenamed peacemaker meets with a psychiatrist a woman dangerously obsessed with his bizarre and violent past from his tragic childhood to his military service overseas to his multiple missions with special forces smith has more than his share of skeletons in the closet but who's actually analyzing whom and will this trip down memory lane result in yet more fatalities they basically ruined the fucking book in that solicit basically yes now fuck that i mean you've got like 90 percent of the plot there yeah Damn, but, um, that sucked. but I, I will say that the garth enos does seem like a good fit oh he's for definitely this a good character. fit it's like punisher he's kind of like a punisher and he's even more totally real psychotic punisher, you know with that weird patriotism thing going yeah garth enos is great with war comics peacemaker is totally a war character agreed yeah, it's gonna be dope. I'm definitely getting this. Definitely, I love that cover too. I love that. Man, awesome. hey, those last two pages will really shock you because yeah, that's no the only shit. part they didn't give you in the solicitor. No Sucks. Let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Uh, I had a gross one, but I changed it to uh, a nice one. Krispy Kreme donuts are I'm back. Krispy Kreme, Krispy Scream, Halloween donuts. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Uh, Abracadabra, glazed donut with chocolate. I, I don't have to read all this. There's a, all kinds of fucking. <laughs> I don't have to donuts. read all this. You, yeah, you're donuts, not paid yeah. to read their ad copy. There's donuts. Uh, I mean, they, it's decorative donuts. If you like donuts, you should like these. And I do like donuts, so I might yeah, try to get I will like, like track these, me down. Yeah. yeah, I fucking love donuts, dude. Those look fucking terrific. Who doesn't I mean, love a fucking is, donut? Yeah, this is cute and fun. You know, it's good seasonal yeah. promotion. Uh, so Krispy Kreme 2021 Halloween donuts can be found at participating locations. And if your location isn't participating, have you guys ever found like a part a location that wasn't participating? Like, oh yeah, we don't participate. You don't get. We don't have to make rib or something. No, me neither. Uh, until, well, I mean, uh, I have found I have found places first. like that before, but not a. Not I mean, specifically just a Krispy in Cave Kreme. City. Yeah, you're gonna be out in the boonies, so you might um, be having that pop up. But we don't got—we still got Mexican pizzas. If if you dive in towards Nashville, like you know, we'll find the promotions. I love Mexican. Hey, Mexican pizzas are pretty nice, yeah. But they they don't exist anymore. Oh, Travis, you guys want to bring me some donuts on Wednesday? Yeah, right. Travis always looking for free shit. Thanks for stopping by, Travis. I'm sorry I missed you last week, man. Hey, don't you badmouth Travis. Travis is the only reason I got a book that I almost missed out on this week. Yeah. He helps me out, too. I need to start sending weekly emails. Uh, let's do in- moments of uh, We have some sad news first, starting a uh, moment of destruction. Uh, Hasbro chairman and CEO Brian Goldner, who served as executive producer or producer on tour-related films like Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, and My Little Pony, 
has died. He was 58. He had uh, prostate cancer. Uh, I mean, say what you want about the movies that Hasbro has done. They've made him fucking money. Oh, he, right? yeah. They he got the characters on screen. So that's... Yeah. He, he made them household names. I, I mean, yeah. Not that Optimus Prime wasn't a household name before, but he made him a household name in countries where they had never heard of him before. Yeah. You know, China drives the market for these Hasbro movies, and they continue to. Uh, the Monopoly, Clue, and Dungeons & Dragons are still in production. Uh, remember Battleship? Remember that turd? Oh, that was for, man, you're really making really a great old bit for the guy here, man. Remember Ouija board? Remember the fucking Ouija board movie? I oh honestly don't. I thought oh, it was so bad. I so don't bad. think I ever knew that movie existed. There's a Ouija board movie. It made there a is. Profit. There's multiple actually. It made a profit. It made money for Hasbro. Hey, I mean, you can't argue with results from their standpoint. Then yeah. he also brought in a bunch of different things like Wizards of the Coast. You know, he was integral in bringing them aboard and, and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, rest in peace. That really sucks. Um, they got their work cut out for them, you know. They're basically starting over from scratch with these Transformers movies. Uh, I'm sorry, Monopoly, the movie. Clue, the movie. We've already done that. Dungeons & Dragons might be awesome. Hey, Dungeons Clue Dungeons was a fucking amazing movie. It really was, but it's hard to do that now, you know. True. Like, I mean, sure. the movie had, like, very little to do with the board game, honestly. It was mostly just, like, a vehicle for, like, Tim Curry and, like, Martin yeah. Mull and Christopher Lloyd to just, you know, be funny. I enjoy it. It's good. Well, it's they can, if they take that same angle and get just a really good cast and say, you know, you guys just bust it out. We're doing, like, a not, not even Knives Out because Knives Out was, I don't know. Knives I like Knives Out. Little, Knives I did too, Knives but out. it was a little too edgy. It had its comedy moments, you know. Well, no, I mean, um, they're really banking on well, people like it. It's going to make it like nowadays. No, too edgy compared movies. to what Clue was. I mean, too edgy compared to what Clue was. Clue was like all silly. You know, it was all fun and games. And I think they could do that same sort of thing. But Dungeons and Dragons, dude, it's got real potential to be fucking. Well, awesome. it can't be any worse than the two. That oh they well, made no shit, Travis. We don't count that first one. The first one was terrible. That was, was that the one with like one of the Wayne's brothers yes, in it or something? Yes, yeah, terrible. that was dog shit. But, it was um, so bad. I mean, honestly, I hope so that they bad. like approach it in like a campy way, almost though, because like I saw people suggested like you have a character die and then the same actor plays <laughs> a different character in like the very next scene. Well, it should be meta like that. I don't want it to be meta. If they were make, if I was I making wanted. a and d movie, I would make it where like people are playing a and d game, but like we don't know that. We're just like watching the adventure yeah. play out. Like what if they just like adapted some novels, like the Salvatore novels, like with Drist and all that? I mean, those would fucking work. I mean, sure, sure. There's plenty of yeah. like source material, but like honestly, the source material is not why D and D is popular. Sure, sure. Uh you know what I think would really carry a film franchise? The Magic, the Magic, the Gathering as a game with all the planeswalkers and shit. I think they could really pull something off. I think they're making like a cartoon or something about. I it. think a cartoon lame. would be That's much better I, for that. Whatever, whatever. There's so much okay, more. No, whatever. Gathering. It has to be a live action movie. Anyway, moving on. Uh, King Grimlock number. They go with going first, huh? Uh, Steve Orlando and uh. Augustine Padilla, not bad, not the best of the series. Probably the I worst issue this of the one, series. Man. I liked it too. This one was cool. It wasn't the best of the series. Uh, still, some great art. Okay. Uh, uh, I thought the first two issues were a little bit stronger than this. I thought the reveal that the Red Wizard was a Quintesson was kind of lame. 
What are you talking about? I, I thought, thought it was, was kind of cool. lame. I, was like, I thought oh, that was cool. Okay. I thought it was kind of lame. You see, David's not here, so Gomer's got to no, shit all over course. somebody else's I was opinions, shitting on it way know? before I knew Adam was going to love it. <laughs> you anticipated he'd like it. You got your shitting, you know, you know oh, all geared I, up you know, here. This, I think this, I will say this entire story has been going exactly the way I thought it would pan out. Sure, sure. But it's been done and a very well way you know the art is fantastic oh the, uh all the action scenes are crazy yes. uh dinobot fights the woodbots at one point and that whole scene is insane it he is. transforms into his dino mode and starts chomping on people yeah um no, it was, it i was even rad it was very i cool. even like you know the story though uh where the, the villagers are kind of unsure about grimlock because they're like hey is this guy really on our side? Because he's already kind of betrayed people before. Yeah, yeah. he's not Optimus Prime. No, yeah. That's the and, point they made and, in the first and, issue. It feels like they're making and, they need to and his sins are again. coming back to haunt him a little bit in the, in oh, the future. We'll see where that we'll goes. We'll see. We'll I see mean, where that goes. We know where it's gonna go. We know where it's gonna go. Oh, me, Grimlock. Sorry. Exactly. That's how it's gonna go. <laughs> but lame. I mean, it's still great art, though. It is great art, but. I, I uh, still love this. I hated the Quintesson being the Red Wizard. I I hated thought that was it. so fun. I hated it. I was like, oh my, real. I was like big eye roll. Oh man, whatever. All right. Uh, anyway, a book I get a bet. I bet we can both agree on in the same shitty way. Uh, Wreckers Tread and Circuits, number one. David Mariotti, Jack Lawrence. A fantastic job by Jack Lawrence. Clean oh, line. Yeah. The art is fantastic. Art. Great motion. Beautiful art. But this is a legendary Transformers team, okay? Basically, they were the Autobot Suicide Squad, and now they're, like, stunned. Except they weren't forced to do it. They yeah, they weren't forced to, to do it. it. But they, in a way, some of them were. Kind of. Some of them were kind of forced. And once you were there, you couldn't really leave unless everybody wanted you to leave. Even if you wanted to leave, you weren't allowed to leave unless everybody said you could. Anyway, there were some great stories with that aspect. But in this... The wreckers are basically stunt entertainers. So they're they are they are a cross between Triple X and the Fast and the Furious. What whatever Vin Diesel movie you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're I don't basically... know much about this like lore you're talking about, but that description <laughs> I don't think I've ever like reacted so like negatively to any description of it. Dude, imagine a team imagine a team of like extreme sports enthusiasts who are also like secret agents. Well they're they're extreme sports enthusiasts who are also like the A team. Um, well they're 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 also, you know, trending. You know that they're recording everything they're doing. Yeah. They're 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 celebrities. They're trying to make sure everybody knows who they are, and they're kind of using that as their cover to go from location to location to do their wet work stuff, which sounds like a terrible plan. And it's to not me. even like wet work stuff. It's, it's just like, stupid shit. Yeah, they're not uh, murdering I say, people. I will say this issue does do a lot to flesh out. Uh, what is it, Velocitron or what? What? Whatever. What's the name of the the colony? It's Veloci-something. Veloci yeah, it's, I think it's Velocitron or whatever. Yeah. Uh, where they also have a stupid uh, way to govern. Where only the fastest is in charge. The they person have this who big wins race, the race every wins year. So yeah. And there's, oh a, God, there's an evil faction or this rebel faction on there called Mayhem. Who are basically terrorists? They're planning to bomb or attack. Yeah, the big they race. seem like pro-worker terrorists too. Which yeah, yeah. 
I, I hope it leans into that a little bit more. I you know, hope I was it leans like, into that One of the dudes too. said proletariat, and I was like, oh, okay. My eyebrows okay, went up I'm, a little I'm bit. I was like, okay, a little I'm bit. invested a little bit. He also had a weird diver's helmet on. Which I don't was, know. I think I, he's I don't know what's else. going on with that. He's got to be somebody else. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of torn with this book because I didn't yeah. necessarily hate the book. But I hate what it did to the records. I hate what it did to the records, man. I hate what it did to the records. Dude, um, the records are not them. The records are our fucking cup. And and uh, these aren't my records. You know, but yeah, these are not still, my records. It still man. wasn't a terrible issue. Yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I am too. I'm going to continue to read it, of course. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. It reminded me of like why, like the new warriors filming themselves running around doing shit. It is. It's very new warriors. Why are you doing that? Why is that even a thing? Uh, Anyway, yeah, here's the cover for it. Sorry. I don't know if I put that up. Uh, Lastly, for instruments of destruction or the moment of destruction, Hasbro PulseCon is this week. So hopefully we'll have some toys and shit to show off uh, for the next episode. Yeah. All right, let's do top three. Taylor, go for it. Taylor just gonna pick one book, one giant, giant book. Like, no, no, one, I'll just save that for number one. But, one, two, um, three are all. <laughs> yeah, all right. No, no. Um, okay, so real quick hits for um, honorable mentions. Um, Blue and gold number three was fun. You know, it just mm. it is what it is. You know, if you like Dan Jurgens writing Booster uh, Gold and Blue Beetle, then yeah, you it, that's what this is. So you know. You'll either I like that or you. The art changed. The they did change artists. It's not a good change, but you know yeah. it's not terrible. So yeah, that's yeah, fine. Um, Darkhold Iron Man. So I should have realized this earlier, is. but like this is basically a horror anthology. We're looking at all these different universes of like this is one where like Iron Man basically gets like consumed by his armor and very unnerving it's the least uh ryan north book i've ever read oh wow <laughs> written by ryan north yeah, um it's the cool. opposite of his normal like you know endearing charming type of stuff that he that's writes very cheery. That's cool. he did a really good horror comic here so yay shout out to that um nice, nice. um final shout out to um avengers number 49 yeah, that's it's, my number three i'm gonna talk a hell out of that book yeah it's fun i mean oh, that's it's all my so honorable fucking fun so fucking yeah fun. i mean it's it's a popcorn comic it's you know good cheesy fun but hey we find out that uh jen was, was written this issue no i loved that i, I hated that. that i hated the whole reading a report but it was dialogue it, it, along it, took, with the it took all the fun out of it I thought it was thought, a fine way to like where we don't have to get away from the action scenes while still getting this like exposition three. dump. You know, I, I enjoyed it well enough, but yeah, I'll I'll talk more about it. But yeah, um, my actual number three this week is uh, Strange Adventures number twelve. Oh wow! Um, this is really a re- summary of like the book as a whole. It told a pretty compelling story about fighting wars and compromising yourself because. The actual climax of this book was the last issue. This was all pretty much just like, uh, you know, wrap up epilogue stuff. But this book, I it, it probably wasn't as good as Mister Miracle, but um, yeah. it was Mr. Miracle was so good. Well, that yeah, so that's like you know a hard thing to live up to. But yeah. this was a really good story about like kind of like 
are our heroes like can we really stand to see what like they really do in order to get stuff done and like you know what what uh, like how much of adam strange's soul was he willing to sell in order to win a war you know solid so yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend anyone check this out in a collected format, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, that's my number three this week. Not not a terrible choice. Uh, I did read Batman the Imposter. It was all right. Great art though, Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, yeah, Blue and Gold number three. Coley Hamner instead of Ryan Souk, you could really tell. And that's weird because it's just a mini series. Uh, but it I'll is honorable- weird that a mini couldn't keep an artist the whole time. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, I'm going to shout out X-Force 24 by Percy and Coca-Cola. Oh, I love that one. You have it on your list? Yeah. I'll wait then. Uh, I'll also shout out for honorable mention Star Trek. I know no one else got this on their fucking list. Star Trek Mirror War number one. Uh, Dave Tipton, Scott Tipton, and Gavin Smith doing the art. Just solid as fuck. Just a whole lot of Star Trek fun in this, you know, mirror universe that was established 60 fucking years ago now. Uh, And it's still, you know, feeding off of the ripples of spock's decision you know to do what he what he did but uh my number three yeah avengers 49 aaron uh with javi garon just man i can't believe you had a problem with this i hated reading the reports oh you can just tell jason it felt like homework it 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 felt like just exposition dump, and it took away from all the really fun fight. Because I I really loved it wasn't everything that was enough. happening that was in the, the climax book. of the whole story. Was that exactly report. I really loved the actual story of what was happening. I just yeah. hated all the reports in the fucking corners that I had to read. So anyway, it's like doing as, homework while I'm watching. As uh, we as we know. World War She-Hulk is going on. The Russians kidnap Jennifer uh, and brainwash her in the Red Room. Or you, did they? Or, ex- or exactly, or did they? And they send her to go attack Atlantis, right? But really, she is not the weapon that the Russians are using. It's actually a gamma bomb. She is sort of like the patsy, you know, stool pigeon. I don't. That might not be the right word. Anyway, she's stool the pigeon. Dis- it's not the right word. But she is, is the distraction. Right, so they're going to use this game of bomb and murder all of these, you know, Atlanteans. But anyway, we find out in this issue that she was actually in on it the whole time. She allowed mm-hmm. herself to get brainwashed and be in the red room, and so it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, stop the plan by being in on the plan, you know, the whole time. So uh, there were underwater thunderstorms, which fucking jason aaron he's the only one who could get away with this in the world okay doing i mean jason aaron <laughs> loves getting thor to do ridiculous feats i mean yeah. he's had him like rain fire there's, and now yeah underwater thunderstorm there's yeah. tons of awesome in this book Dude, all the atlantis stuff is freaking these awesome two motherfuckers are like give me a mini series right now okay give me a jason aaron mini series where these two motherfuckers go around and like invade afghanistan in 1983 you know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding? I love it. And then there's solid art, man. But really, yeah. it's Aaron doing what he does. You know, Here's widow big... turning into the widow Hulk. There. Yeah, it's fucking stupid, but stupid dumb fun. You know. So yeah, exactly. Vin- this book is stupid dumb fun. So I hate it that they gave me a book report to read in the middle of it. It wasn't that bad. It was a way for them to not have to cut away to bad. a flashback. You yeah, know? it wasn't that bad. The The conversation at the end I was better with. It was the beginning yeah. where you were reading like the whole Kremlin 
the or Okoye the Avengers report. Yeah, that that report. I hated that. I liked that. I thought that was cool, man. I saw. I thought it eased you into the reveal that not only is the Russian plan, you know, a, a twist. But then there's an even bigger twist that Jen was in on it from the whole time. I was like, oh, yes, Aaron, I didn't need you. all that. I already got I all that to begin it. with. I didn't get it. I didn't get it to the end of the – I'll say that I really enjoyed everyone, including the Atlanteans, just shitting all over Namor. Oh, yeah, I love that. I knew that. you would love that shit. Oh, I knew you would fucking love that. Man, fuck Namor. But anyway. Uh, all right, uh, Adam, you number three? Well, honorable mentions, uh, since we were already on it, uh, Avengers number 49. Uh, and then I'm also going to mention Amazing Spider-Man 76 because there's a nice dichotomy between these two. Yeah, um, I picked that up and I did enjoy it. Um, but I think well, three honorable so, mentions is plenty for me. So Yeah, so the dichotomy here is, you know, I love the story in Avengers, but I kind of hated how this issue was written. Whereas with Spider-Man, I kind of don't like the story at all. But I thought this issue was very well written. Oh, I thought Zeb great. Wells has the characters down very yeah. well. Uh, you know, I very some very heartfelt conversations in this, but I just don't really care about the beyond story at all. I, I'm losing patience with it as well. As much as I love the fact that um they're shitting on a corporation, you know, a corporation is terrible and stealing the Spider-Man name. It, it, dude, it has taken way too long already, just with two issues. Yep. Everything we've known that was gonna happen from the solicit for the first issue of this new beyond thing. It still hasn't happened yet. And speaking you know of I taking mean? too it's long, like fucking a. speaking of taking too long, uh, my other last honorable mention, uh, X Men number four. It was fun. That's my number but two. It, it feels like a filler. My number issue. two as well. It's my number two. Feels like a filler issue. We'll talk though. about I'll it give in you a minute, that, yeah. but you know, filler is fun sometimes. I, you know what? But, it might have felt like filler, but there were still three pages of the Mars loving billionaire, and I was like, okay, you get a pass. And it you're was right, such an right. entertaining read, dude. It was so fucking entertaining. I, I kept flipping the pages. I was glued to the fucking pages on that. Go ahead. All Play right. Three. Uh, but my actual number three uh, surprise here, um, E-T-E-R. Oh, dude, it was not terrible from at all. A-W-A. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got this just Man, I didn't think we were going to give me AWA rep with David not being here today, to be yeah, perfectly honest. Know. We'll I gotta, get more of it. We'll get David more of here. it later because I have an AWA book as my number one this week. Uh, but this rad. book was actually a lot of fun. I, I'm kind of glad it's a one shot. I don't know if yeah. I would continue reading this. Uh, I think it is going to continue in some form or fashion. You know, uh, yeah. if, it, if it's like a one shot every once in a while, I, I might pick it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. I think on the show we kind of described it as DS9 meets ER, but it's really more like Men in Black meets ER. Yes, yes. Um, so there is a doctor who is just working at a normal hospital, and she's just warming up her car before she goes home, and all of a sudden there's like a spaceship that crashes in front of her. And, and she's she basically kind of recruited. Yeah, she basically just kind of goes along with the ambulance to go to space er yeah and, and yeah it's uh, very surreal it's like very that. surreal it's got, it's got this surreal. little bit of comedy to everything but well it, it was very well written and the art just pulls you in dude. oh definitely javier uh polito i believe this is yeah is the artist uh it's yeah. very it's very like pop art yeah. um lots of bright vibrant colors yeah uh, but it. yeah it's kind of a funny story uh, they have to deal with this alien that's 
might explode into a black hole and <laughs> yeah, destroy the galaxy stupid. or something. Yeah, it's stupid. stupid. But it's and then, fun. And then, it's really fun. And then it also had a really fun backup story, which was basically the exact same plot as X-Force this week, which was yeah. really weird. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot more uh, hard sci-fi action violent, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But it was fun. Yeah, it was very fun. Very I'm fun. glad I picked up that random AWA. I'm book. glad you did too. We're going to talk more about AWA in a minute. But first, uh, Taylor and I will talk about X-Men. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely fair to call it. this filler. I mean, they basically wrote like a Halloween story here for October, which, you know, I feel like they did a pretty good job with that. Me I too. mean, most of this is devoted to Jean Grey flexing on Nightmare. And oh, I thought yeah. that that was pretty well written. It was a pretty good indication of like... <sighs> The psychology of both Green, uh, uh, Gene, uh, Laura, and uh, Scott, yeah, and then we got to like have a part. whole like you know like power trip moment where Gene's like, "Oh hey, like Eldritch deity that Doctor Strange normally deals with, I'm just going to fucking shit all over you right now." Yeah, and she toys with him a little bit because and says, "Oh, I'm just being nice," you know. Uh, yeah, I love this. It flowed. I uh, just so well. I couldn't. I couldn't stop turning the pages. It was so fucking fun, dude. It was just fantastic. Uh, Gary Duggan has really just nailed this book four issues in. Uh, and Javier Pina, you know, saving up so what's-his-name can have a little bit more time is never a bad thing. Uh, and, yeah, it did. Touched on this Mars-loving billionaire. It did. It had a huge had story moment. This is three... a huge fucking story moment. It did. It had its requisite three issues of actual plot in it. Um, but the whole rest of the issue was total filler, dude. It was still – I thought it was still hey, wild. sometimes filler episodes can be good. It was know? fun, yeah. but we're four issues into this X-Men book, and I'm ready for it to actually do something. And I feel like – That's like, fair, yeah, but yeah, – I... like, we've, get, we've, we've had little, like – seeds thrown out in every issue yeah. but they are definitely I, spending a lot more time yeah they're definitely spending a lot more time seeding than they are actually advancing the plot but just taking this issue on its own merits it's a fun read um, really if this was. had been like the x-men halloween special like instead of like issue four of x-men then maybe you'd feel different but uh, that's, um, that's an excellent point i still think it fits well into what Doug, what Dugan is kind of doing with, like you said, it is a slow burn. He's definitely with this first arc, at least setting up a whole lot of shit. You know, he's already set up so many threads, pulled all of these threads out, just waiting to sew them together. I have a hard and time this, keeping track of all the villains who are like no in the shit, pipeline right dude. now. You know? And remember, there's also like a newspaper reporter supposed to out him here in a little yeah, while. Yeah, Ben Urich. Uh, so if you look at all of the pages that we're dealing with all of the individual characters, even Jean, even, even though she had more than a few pages, it, it was touching on sort of the things that are driving them moving forward, you know, with the with the stories that Duggan has already sort of established. You know what I mean? I don't know. I thought it was wonderfully executed. I had just such a great time with it. Such a great time with it. But you're allowed to hate it. I didn't hate it. I yeah. liked it. It just <laughs> felt like it feels like filler. Adam's yeah. just seething no, rage it, over it this was. issue. He's like, fuck you. Fuck this book. <laughs> uh, go ahead, number two. Number uh, my number two is Grimlock number three, man. Oh, I, I, awesome. I, 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 I love this that. book. I already deleted all those images. I didn't. No, think that's have cool, but uh, no, nah, man, the art in this was killer. I, I was. just really like Grimlock flexing on some wood bots. Yeah, and uh, you know, I 
Fuck you. I like the Quinnison reveal. I did not like the Quinnison reveal. I I definitely did not like. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about this issue, but yeah, fuck you, Gomer. Yeah. I just like I I did, dude. I had a massive I was like, oh man, he's like Quinnison. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, what else was he gonna be? I don't know. You're right, but I don't know. The 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 whole book is going playing out exactly. Yeah, the whole the whole series is playing out exactly how I expected it to, but it is doing it. It's executing it very well. It's Conan the Barbarian. It is. It's exactly what it is. It is exactly what it is, and it's perfect. It really works really really well. But uh, yeah, good choice, good choice. Uh, And now number one. Well, you okay, know it's Immortal Hulk time, number 50. The last time. All right, so yeah. Okay, so you guys can, like, stop, like, you know, <laughs> being able to predict what my number one is going to be, like, every time an issue of this comes out. But This is a big-ass book, man. It's like yeah. 60, what, 90 pages? How big was this book? It's huge. It was, yeah, gigantic. Um, yeah, I had dollars. to... Yeah, I had to shell out ten bucks for it, but hey, money well spent. I think nice, nice. it was. It had a lot of pages to it. I don't remember exactly how many. It even had like a big fold out in the middle where it had like a four page basic like spread what? of yeah. Oh well, wow! <laughs> it as like it has pretty much this entire run. The main focus is not necessarily about going around like punching the shit out of people. It's more about what is the Hulk as like a, you know, psychological experiment, right? Like the Hulk is like this embodiment of trauma and rage and heartbreak and self-loathing in a lot of ways. And they do a great job exploring that here in this final issue. We, I can't really say too much, I guess, without spoiling it, but... Um, yeah, and I don't know if you want to spoil... It'll spoil, like, the whole run. Yeah, basically. Of. So yeah. I don't want to get too much into I've, it, I've, but... I've read into it, but... This is, for sure, the best Hulk run that I've ever read, and I think that it's going to be in a lot of people's shortlists as well. Yeah, um, I've heard it ranked up there with the David run. I've heard yeah, it ranked up there um, with the original run, which I've never really cared for, but uh, I've heard people comparing it to Planet Hulk, which is my favorite hulk run uh even world war hulk which a lot of people love i wholeheartedly like would recommend anybody go out and collect this run and trade it's outstanding it really hits you in the feels in a lot of ways and that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily something you expect from a hulk book but they pull it off just magnificently here so yeah uh for the final time immortal hulk (laughs) one pick i'm sure they'll have another one no donny kate's hulk starts so you'll get on that one i doubt it it's a tough act to follow. Oh, really for is. sure, for sure. Donny, I Cage, mean, it's kind of like when Donny like Cage him, don't give a fuck. They're like, "Hey, we just I, had one of the most legendary I mean, runs on a character." Donny Cage's like, ah, "I'll do it." He doesn't shrink away. I, will say, I, give him I that. did I mean, not. Yeah. I did not like the free comic book day issue of Hulk that Donny Cates had. So uh, I'm not. I'm not hopeful that this. This might be the same case where, like, him stepping in after Jason Aaron on Thor, right? Where, like, the book itself is fine, but it's just you know. God, that's an impossible act to follow, you know? Yeah, exactly. But we'll see. I'm going to pick it up. Uh, Moving on, my number one, Telepaths number two by J. Michael Straczynski and Steve Epting. Uh, There's a name we don't say enough these days, JMS, you know? Legends. Legends in the comic Mm -hmm. book field, man. I mean, Steve Epting, Epting, he drew 
probably the best Captain America run ever. Oh, hands down for sure. Hands yeah. down, definitely. Uh, well, I don't know Zola World. Never mind. Uh, no, Jay, don't, no, man! Don't. You just lost all credibility. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like Zola World, but oh, no. I don't mind Zola World. But yeah, it's it's a uh, fucking JJ, isn't it? Anyway, back it to this. Is. It is JRJR. Yeah. Uh, and J. Michael Straczynski, again, we were just talking about the greatest store runs. JMS is in that run, in that talk. For oh, for sure. Yeah, run. he's he had a great run as fucking well. An amazing that. run. Uh, but this continues the story of Earth being hit with a solar flare. Everyone on Earth passing out, which causes all kinds of fucking problems. You know, plane crashes, car crashes, all kinds of bullshit. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, and many of them waking up with telepathic powers. Uh, beautifully drawn by Steve Epting. I mean, he's just doing what he does best. Uh, and it's great because it's really all about JMS and the way he can tell a story from really up high, you know, uh, and also at a personal level, you know, especially with stories like this, uh, where there's a, like a focus on how the government reacts to, you know, this going on, but also we're seeing individual people react to not only being able to know everyone's secret, but also knowing that your secrets are not safe. Like there's a neighbor who comes over and just shoots his neighbor right in the fucking chest because he was sleeping with his old lady. And that's how he learned, you know, um, a, a dude killed himself because all everyone is going to know my secrets and I can't, you know, let him out. And it's just so real. And Straczynski's just got this way of he did the same thing with a book called Rising Stars where a meteorite hits and a bunch of kids in the town all get superpowers and it follows them from that day to the day they all die, you know, all these years later. And it just, he's so realistic, you know, with the way everybody reacts to these things happening. Uh, great cliffhanger too. These, these guys here can do a uh, telepathic suggestion now. So they can, t- you know, basically control people's minds. So it's just going to mind trick. Yeah, so it's just going to up it, you know, just another to another level. And this is fantastic, man. I, I've been a fan of J. Michael Straczynski forever. Steve Epting, I don't know anybody who isn't a fan of Steve Epting if you've ever read anything he's written, you know, or drawn. I mean, yeah, um, absolutely unimpeachable creative team here. Yeah, so it's hard for me not to put this on. I mean, look at the design work there. It's just per- it's a master class of fucking comic booking right there, dude. It's beautiful. Just gorgeous. Uh, so yeah, that's my number number one this week, uh, and that's on artist writers. That's two this week from AWA. Just saying, and David won here. I'm just gotta represent. Lord me, knows yeah. how many we would have had if David had shown right, up. You know they're the real deal if if we're doing that. So uh, Adam, that wraps with you, buddy. Number one. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with X Force number twenty four. It's my number choice. one. Excellent choice. Um, uh, yeah, you know. X-Force has been kind of uh, spinning its circles for a while now, but, you know, things are finally moving, and uh, we now know who the mole is in X-Force. It is Colossus. Accidentally. Accidentally, you know. uh, (laughs) This whole time, everybody thinks he's been just enjoying his life out there, painting his paintings, living the good life. And, yeah, he is painting his paintings, but what he's painting is state secrets that he's planning to sell to the Russians. Yeah, his brother, and his, his, his brother. brother is sort of making him do this through this new character, who's based on an old character, I think. I guess I don't know. Oh, chronic the chronicler. chronicler. Yeah, but basically, whatever this guy writes, yeah. uh, Colossus has to do. 
Yeah. But it's not it's not like he writes like Colossus does this. It's it's whatever happens within the context of the story that this guy is writing. It's a very unique power. It is a very unique power. Yeah, it's almost like an art-based telepathic suggestion. Because because he can't just do this weird. for everyone. He has to like know the person in and out, know yeah. everything about them. Yeah. So, uh, but and not even that really, because I love the depth there. Because the only reason this chronicler is able to do all these things is because Mikhail, his brother, gave him all of this information about Mm -hmm. him. But the only information he gave him was in the context of him being his brother. So the chronicler sort of has to. I mean, I don't know how much Percy is going to dig into that angle, but I love that angle. The complexity to that guy's power is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then it gets to the end where it gets really tragic, uh, yeah, where yeah. yeah. Colossus's old lady. She She's finds all. Yeah. She finds she'll all of his back. paintings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She'll be back, but Colossus uh, has to kill her. So he kills her. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, we have long since passed the death has no consequence threshold for the X-Men. Now it's like a plot point. Now death has no consequence is literally like a plot point now, you know, in it the is. X-Men stuff. Uh, what do we think about the Beast Black Tom shit going on? It's like inner space. It's so fucking silly and dumb and stupid, and I love it. It worked good as a B-plot for this, you know. Yeah. Uh, I-, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. I, I really liked about it where uh, Beast kind of turned around on Black Tom. And went kind of nuts at the end. Yeah, where Black Tom saved him. You know, he he went in there and he did all the stuff to save him. But then uh, he still sees the little guy in his eye. He's all paranoid. Yeah, I don't and, know what's up with that. I hope they dig yeah, into that a little bit. I, I hope I hope this is a real turning point for Beast and he just gets more and more paranoid. And I hope he doesn't get that eye back. I hope he stays one eye for a while. Like Dark Beast, right? Yeah. Wasn't there a version of Dark Beast? There, or does I every think version so. of Dark Beast have an eye gone? No. I don't think it. so. It still would work, you know, with like the scar. It mm-hmm. would still work. Yeah. So yeah, man, X Force continues to be, you know, one of the series that ranks up there as one of the best, you know, consistent. Um, it just spins its it feels like it spins its wheels a lot. But this issue, even though, yes, we're still dealing with Colossus and Mikhail and Colossus being a backstabber. It, it and, progressed stuff. But it did progress stuff quite a lot in this, yeah. where it feels like you're actually getting a payoff, you know, and anybody who reads comics, you love that. I definitely you know? feel something big is going to happen in yes. this issue. Yeah. Uh, and no Wolverine in this issue, which I can't remember the last time I read an issue of this, and Wolverine wasn't fucking in it, at least in one panel. He wasn't in this at all. Well, most of the team all. wasn't in this. Well, I mean, it's just nice. And- Domino is supposed to be on this fucking team. You barely see her ass unless she's getting murdered. You saw her more in uh, Cable for a while there. Yeah, and in Inferno. She was in. had a few speaking parts, actually, in fucking Inferno. I don't know. I love Domino. Uh, anyway, awesome, great show, some great stuff, uh, even better stuff next week, and we are going to talk all about all those books tomorrow night. Come back, 7 o'clock for our show. Uh, I'm moving at some point, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, so there may be some some points where we just skip because I'll have to move get all my shit in. But I still got to get internet at the new place, so there's a lot to do. Uh, but keep coming back. We got uh, the comic book bullies. They're recording tonight at midnight. They got all kinds of shit going on all the time. Uh, go to OutrightGeekery.com where you can get links to all of the shit we got going on, uh, including the aforementioned bullies. Big Willie on there. Uh, all the websites and the Twitters and the social media and the shit. 
so yeah, thanks everybody for hanging out and listening. But most of all, thanks to these jokers for hanging out with this joker. Anytime, man. We're going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Woohoo! Man, we went over. I didn't think we'd go that long. Oh, wow, yeah. Later than I thought. We started like five minutes. We talked a lot about Facebook.